Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Inside Florida Racing. CC Brooks, glad to be back with you. Of course, in the Always studio here with Jack and Rob. Hey, Rob. What's happening? Always a party. Yep, Rob Elting here, aka Bonehead. That's right. Uh, and Rob, Rob, this is Inside Florida Racing. No tasers allowed. We're taser free since I don't know for a while now. I don't let Jack break out the taser anymore. It's too painful. And speaking of tasers, please, Jack. We're not going to talk oh, about that. We well, right don't want to talk about it. We'll no. Talk about it later. <sighs> okay. We'll we'll talk about the taser incident at a at a racetrack someplace in the state of Florida later. Oh, I'm taser tag coming to a track near you. <laughs> it's going to be a new intermission entertainment. Um, taser tag. Rob, we got a hell of a show tonight. Who we got? Yeah. Man? Well, I know uh, one person that we have, and uh, he'll be on at the end of the show today. The big highlight of the show for me, anyways, be Sean Rudiman. Well, and also, you know, a big name. A lot of people are going to know this gentleman, Jack and Rob. It's going to be uh, we're going to be joined by Lake Speed. Man, with those two guys, I, I don't know if we even got time for anyone else. I know. Well, you know, we have them both scheduled in the in the last hour. I think we probably should have had one in the first hour, one in the second. That's all we all we probably needed, Rob. That we could have probably filled up the whole show with those two. But that's not what we're doing. We're gonna. But wait, there's more. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about uh, the Powell Memorial coming this Friday to Ocala and be joined uh, where the United Dirt Lane Model guys are gonna be running uh, Friday night, and we're gonna be joined by Kevin Durden. And also, we're going to be talking V8 stock cars with Lee Arnold. Cool. And Dustin Dunn's going to be joining us, too. So it's another jam-packed edition of Inside Florida Racing. Sounds like it. Sounds like we're packed up. So, uh, Rob, in the, in the, I haven't talked to you for a while. So in the last week or so, uh, we didn't do a show last week. No, right? it was Memorial Day. We right, took the day off. Right. How many bulls... Have you castrated in the last two weeks? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we haven't done any uh, in the last couple of weeks. But luckily, they were all done. Um, <laughs> Have you actually had to do that, Rob? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Turn them into a steer or they don't grow. F- fun job. <laughs> yeah, it's always exciting. You know, that's what I was going to talk about is that I, I just got out of the shower and sat down. I mean, I... I feel like that I've been having to work too hard to even enjoy my weekends. I didn't get to go any racing or even deal with any racing, you know, because of uh, having to work. And, hey, uh, you're in the same boat I am. We're not making any any races right now because of 12, 14-hour days, six days a week working. Yeah, I'm, I, You know what? I may have to change the whole focus of my desires of, of doing uh, radio because I've got other things going on. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's right. In the more exciting that I could be talking about. Yep. 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 I think we're all there disagreeing yep. with you. Yep. I don't want to be a downer to anybody, but the local racing has just been such a hard hardship for me personally to be able to go do. Whether it's watching and doing stuff for the show, or even being able to go, that I can just imagine, man, it's got to be hard for other people, and uh, the tracks have got to be suffering. Everybody's suffering still. Yeah, you know, it's one thing uh, to get the fans out, and it's funny that the uh, the fans, um, uh, not all the tracks, but some of the tracks are doing pretty good with their fan count, and, and some are doing good with their, their car count. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, there's a whole lot of people that just are really struggling to uh, 
to get to the to the racetracks, whether they're fans or drivers. And we are so happy for for the tracks that are having great fan counts and and great car counts. That is wonderful. You know, this is what we've been wanting and wanting. And actually, some of the stuff that we've preached about for a long time about promoting, 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 um, is working for some tracks. They're marketing, they're promoting themselves, and they're and they're doing well. And that's great to see. We we don't even have time to talk about who's doing well. All these people that we got on the show, I'd love to sit and talk about really who's doing well. I'd like to know. um, I guess I'd have to be a focus of a a show, not tonight, but uh, I want to know really who's doing well and who's doing what at the racetrack. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we, um, the only way we can, uh, wait a minute. What? What Do you you have some announcements? Oh, I'll tell you, we do have... uh, Checkered flag uh, racing out of Miami. We'll have more about that later. Mm-hmm. Big Al, Al Steyer, checkered flag racing. Um, we're gonna give uh, get some information about what they're doing later in the show, and also uh, in the Tampa area, Tam- uh, Adams used auto parts, um, which is actually one of the uh, the own is owned by. Uh, Keith Nosbridge. Oh, okay. Or that's he's what a driver. He's yeah. a great driver. But um, I can't wait to talk to Kevin Durden. But I tell you what, do you have any? Do you have a couple of announcements here? And I'm going to get uh, see if we can get in touch um, with Um A couple of announcements. I have an email. I have a forum <laughs> post. Go for it. Well, this is what it, it's it's what we were talking about earlier. Apparently, they had an interesting night at Auburndale. Um, <laughs> with 111 cars in the pits and uh, lots of fans, and um, so they had a great night of racing. But here's what started my interest and piqued my curiosity when it came to uh, Taser Tag at a racetrack. A post um, from uh, from member Todd who wrote, "You need to send your Taser video into Wind Tunnel for eye candy next week." That two-second clip where he's holding the helmet over his head then hits the pavement is classic. And so that got me really curious, wanting to know what happened at Auburndale this weekend. And I've been bugging Jack about it, but um, he won't tell me any more information until later. So we'll have to find out more. Also in that same posting, it says um, uh, John Clark in that B8 Bombers is a driving fool. Nice to see somebody go outside at Auburndale. So, Todd, we uh, thank you for posting to uh, realracingusa.com forums, and uh, we look forward to people posting more interesting questions, suggestions, and topics for the show. Let's see here. Looking looking forward to having Lake Speed on the show. And, of course, Sean Rudiman will be talking about um, his cousin Dave's uh, success at NASCAR. And, by the way, Bill, if you're listening, I'm still waiting for my Rudiman T-shirt, and I still want it. Um, let's see. Coming up, what else? We got, of course, the Powell Memorial coming to Ocala. This will be the 14th annual Powell Memorial at Ocala this Friday night. This is going to be a show you do not want to miss. It's always a great race. This Friday night, the 14th Annual Powell Memorial featuring the United Dirt Late Model Racers at Ocala. Go up there, check the race out, and say hi to owner Mike Peters and have a Zuber dog. Hey, uh, meanwhile, we... Uh, You're a Zuber fan. Yes, I am. Hey, uh, Go ahead, Rob. We got Lee Arnold on the phone? Yeah. How you doing? Man, what's happening, Lee? I'm just sitting here looking at this schedule of the uh, 
big stock car series. Jack, have you had a chance to look at the schedule of these guys? Uh, no, I, I haven't. You, you, did you send me a copy of that? Did I? Yeah, did you? No, was I supposed, was I supposed <laughs> to forward it along? <laughs> it's funny that I didn't get a copy of the show prep today, and you didn't get a copy of this awesome schedule that he's got here. Do unto others, I guess that's the situation Actually, here. I will let Lee um, tell you guys, being that I see that he's leading the point in uh, the uh, SPO GTA class. He's the SPO guy. Um, you're doing pretty good there, Lee. Yeah, we're doing all right in the V8 SPO class. And uh, Tony Amico, I believe, is still out front of the V8 GTA class. And uh, Dave McAvern is uh, leading the V8 GT1 class at the midway mark of the season. And we have a three-way tie in the GT2 class, so that should be pretty interesting as the season unfolds. And now let's talk about the schedule. We talked before, you know, and I don't think you guys had something um, all up like this, but you guys got a great schedule here. Let's finish off the schedule in May. Tell us where you're going to be. Well, in May, uh, a couple weeks ago, we were up at the VIR, which is a really fabulous facility there. It's uh, unbelievable. It's uh, like a country club deal. They have a clubhouse, restaurants, go-kart track on site, four-wheeler tracks, uh, beautiful race course. It's uh, one of the best uh, venues in this country for a racetrack, and it's about 30 minutes from uh, South Boston Speedway that you're probably familiar with. So how did you do? I see it's already been. It was the 9th and the 10th. How did you do? That's right. We run second in V8 SPO both days, and uh, Scott Murphy out of Thomasville, North Carolina, had a Pennzoil Pontiac uh, and took uh, both SPO wins on that weekend. All right, so let's talk about July. Where are you in July? In July, we'll be heading up to uh, Road Atlanta there, as you see, the 18th and 19th, and that's some sort of a racetrack, too, with quite a bit of elevation change and uh the month of June this year, we've taken the month off. The last couple of years, uh, with everybody's kids getting out of school and family vacations and different things going on, uh, we decided to have a mid-season break this year and see how that works. It seems to be going well with the schedule. And uh, we'll pick back up in July at Road Atlanta. And uh, then the next month, you'll see uh, we have a big one scheduled at Daytona, and that always brings them out of the woodwork. Now, everybody's familiar with Daytona. I mean, it- it's got to be really fun for you guys to be running your cars around there. Uh, I suppose you guys run the full road course track. That's right. We run the same identical course that you see the 24-hour Daytona cars run on uh, both the east and the west banking as well as the infield. So, uh, and I believe the carts, uh, the enduro carts, run the same course as well in December around Christmas time. Right. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Uh, it's a, something to see, you know, uh, the carts there too, but. Um, let's go on. Uh, Daytona sounds like it's going to be exciting in August. That's August 8th and 9th. Uh, September 5th and 6th, where are you going to be? We'll be back home here in uh, our home track at Sebring, Florida. And um, hopefully we can get you uh, on track here with some of these Florida dates. I'd like to get you out there in your late model. And uh, there's a couple of schools coming up I'd like to mention. In June 10th at Homestead, there's a uh, SCCA certified school. And then that's followed up a couple weeks later, July 10th, uh, 10th and 11th, I believe, at Sebring. And um, Tony Amico brought up the other day to me that he still has that certificate if you'd like to go out and shake your car down and uh, go through that class. You know, I really would. I need to. I was just talking about before we got on here that my 
I've been having to work so much that I haven't been able to enjoy going or, or even thinking about racing, and it, it's really getting to the point that it's very aggravating. Just go do it. But you know what? I love doing the show. I love talking about racing, and I would love to come out there and uh, and do that. And if I don't get my car done, maybe uh, we'll talk, see if I can't get you guys to let me run through the class and one of your rides. Yeah, Tony Amico's offered that up to you, so it's a uh, free it, deal there for you at Sebring, other than the vehicle side of it. But uh, it's a great experience to take that on. Um, and I also like to mention to some of your more experienced uh, late model listeners out there and that sort of thing, um, there's a way we can license you up if you get in touch with me, lee at v8.car.com. Um, if you already have a NASCAR license, uh, ASA license, this sort of thing, prior experience, uh, there's a way we get your license without taking to school. But the schools are a great blast because you get a lot of track time and uh, you get to learn a lot of pointers and you get to work with your car. So it's a it's a good great weekend. That's in September and then uh, October. You're, uh, we've talked about this track before, Roebling Road Raceway, in uh, one of my favorite towns, Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, outside a, of Savannah. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun little track out there by Pooler. It's at the same exit that the Oglethorpe uh, half-mile dirt track is, so we usually try to catch Oglethorpe on Friday night uh, when we're racing at that road course, but that's a good facility as well. And then November, they're uh, 6th and 7th back at Road Atlanta. Uh, what do you guys think about that schedule? Jack? What do I think about it? I think it's cool, man. I want to see you go out and do this, though. Yeah, that's what we want. We want to come see you race. <laughs> see, I always have at least two fans. Well, three. Three. three four. Half, five. Fans. You've got yeah, a handful. I've probably got a few fans out there. You know, one thing. Now, last year, you guys didn't get to go to all these tracks, did you? Oh, yes. We, uh, there's a couple of our marquee venues, you know, like the Daytona and the VIR and the Sebring. Uh, that stay the same, and there's a couple of dates in between that we float around with that we try to move around to different tracks. We try to go to up in Birmingham. There's a nice course called Barber, uh, South Carolina Motorsports Park up there at CMP. And we, we, move, we juggle a few uh, dates around a little bit between some different venues. And then uh, we're already working on some things for next year, um, trying to get a – Date at Charlotte, uh, not Charlotte County, but uh, Charlotte up there in uh, North Carolina, trying to put a little deal together. Maybe we can get to race under the lights up there, working on that now. And uh, also we're looking, working on a homestead date for next year. We haven't been to homestead for two years. Cool. Man, that all sounds cool, and that sounds way out of my league because I can never be able to afford the kind of car you're going to need to go run it all in places. My goodness, you're talking about cars that are going fast. you got to spend money. You'd be surprised. I mean, uh, any late model that you see at Panagorda or Orlando, any of these sort of places, uh, the same equipment we run, basically, and the same tires as well. So, uh, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that, I, well, because, listen, right now, regular late model racing has been out of, my, out of my realm. So, yeah, these guys that are running, if you're running late models all the time and you wanted to just... Uh, switch over and do this i think it's a great opportunity uh for you to be able to go run a road course you know that's the thing that and uh, if you want to go run a road course and you don't have to do that much to the car give lee a call give him an email drop him an email and he'll explain to you exactly the things that you have to do with your car over and listen outside of just putting some brake lights on and uh, changing a few things um, on your car that you already have inside your trailer all you got to do is switch them out 
Um, it's really not that hard to get your car out there. You need a good four-speed transmission, so uh, some of the guys don't have that. But That's right with uh, the road ratio, road race ratios. That's the biggest item, really. The other little items is uh, two, two of the same shocks in the front and rear and uh, a few little suspension parts for the front, which is very minor. Um, everything else is pretty much uh, stuff already folks already have, so it's very affordable to make this switch over and <clears throat> to get the opportunity to race at a Daytona or Homestead or Charlotte or Sebring for uh, that few dollars to make the change, uh, I feel it's well worth it. And a lot of folks um, have been doing that, and they're coming out. We sold a couple more cars here to some other folks. Uh, I sold one, and a couple other guys sold a couple and getting some guys set up. So we still have some new uh, racers coming into the sport and uh, plenty of old-timers sticking around and uh, having a stab at it. So uh, we've been having a great time this season. I could just bring my car over to your house and just drop it off at your place and let you take care of it. Switch all the stuff around, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Not a problem. There's uh, a lot of other folks around the state that helps out a lot of the racers with Mike Cope and Woody over in Deland and the different guys. Tom Seisman's doing some stuff down in Homestead with some of our folks, and uh, there's a lot more qualified individuals around for that than myself, but... Uh, we're I don't know, Lee. It looks like forward. to me you know what you're doing. If you're if you're prepping your car, um, you you pretty much must know what you're doing because um, you're ahead of the game. Well, we for a while, and we've had a lot of great help from a lot of different individuals <clears throat> with set up notes and uh, some input from uh, everybody from Robert Hamke to uh, a local racer down here. Uh, a lot of help from uh, Billy Bigley. So. Um, Put all that information to good use and <clears throat> keep it on the track. And uh, Billy, Billy knows road racing stuff really good. Uh, yeah, he knows uh, not so much on the road racing setup thing, but he's uh, you know he's a guru with the late model parts and pieces and stocks um, and springs and all this. And then uh, we get some input from the road racing aspect of it, and um, it's uh, really not rocket science. So. Uh, he, uh, he's able to help us out you know, with some different things and, uh, you know, with the setups and stuff. So, yeah, he's really good at that. All right. Okay. What's, what's, that web, what's that website again, Lee? Go. Lee, what's that website? It's v8stockcar.com. All right. Cool. All right, Lee, we got to go. we got a big show tonight. Okay. Appreciate you coming on. We'll be tuned in. Take care, guys. Thanks for having us. Right. Thanks, Thanks Lee. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. So you're gonna do it, Rob? You're gonna do it. Do it, Rob. You're gonna do it. You do this. You schedule him on the show all the time because you know it gets me all fired up. That's, That's the right. point. That's I'm the point. My son's back here in the background. He's jumping up and down too. Um, it, it, you want to do it? Of course I want to do it. You can. You hear taste the places it. that they're going? How could you not want to go? Yeah. You know, to these racetracks that you see on TV and stuff, and the. Uh, if you follow any kind of uh, road racing on motorcycles, they run at all these tracks, too. That Roebling Road Speedway, uh, the coolest thing about that place is that it's right outside of uh, Savannah, Georgia. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia, but it's a pretty cool place at night. I know Jack's been there. Yeah. Jack, have you been to Savannah? Yeah. Oglethorpe Speedway I have not been to. We were headed there, um, we were headed there just, uh, what, a few weeks ago, and it got rained out. Well, when you guys go there, make sure you spend. So I know you like uh, Jack's famous for for splitting. You know, going there and leaving, coming there just for that and leaving because he's always got to get back to that computer. But 
you know, uh, next time you're around there, Jack, maybe take some time and... Are you kidding me? Go to River Street. I leave to go to the bar, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's, there's plenty of those on River Street. Trust me. Yeah. We'll be right back. Thank you. No more waiting. We're back with Inside Florida Racing, and we have our next guest on the line. We're going to talk about the 14th Annual Powell Memorial with uh, driver Kevin Durden. Now, Kevin, you are new to the United Dirt Lane Model Series, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Sure am. Now, how many races have you got under your belt with them? I've actually run two. I mean, we went to Alabama the first time to run it and got in a wreck the first night and missed that race, but... We run two races, we run Phoenix City and uh, Lake City. And how did you how did you do on those two races? I run eleventh at Phoenix City and ninth at Lake City. Wow. Are you enjoying running with uh, the big boys in the United Dirt Late Model Challenge? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um I've raced just about everything else. Asphalt, um run some, you know, street stocks on dirt. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a new challenge. It's definitely a lot different than anything I've done. But and you're racing, like and you're racing against some really nice guys. Oh yeah, there's a lot of good guys out there, and there's a lot of good competition. Um, you know, them guys that run that series are probably the best there is around here on the dirt. Exactly. Um, now, are you excited about this Friday night in the 14th annual Powell Memorial up at Ocala? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Um, I ran it when it was asphalt. And uh, I'm ready to go. I think I think we're going to have a good chance. We're trying a couple of different things on the car, but uh, I think we'll have a good chance. We'll see what happens. I yeah, doubt he's, uh, he's, he's going to be trying to win. I guarantee you. That's uh, well, 
that's what's going to be happening here with Kevin Dern. He's uh, he's definitely a guy that's been racing for a while, and I think this dirt super late model uh, experience is uh, just going to be something that's not going to take him too long to get a hold of. And uh, heck, I think he might be the newcomer of the year in the uh, United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Well, Kevin, I tell you, Kevin, there's probably not too many guys that are going to be in that race that have had any more laps around that place than you have. Yeah, probably not. Like I said, I've been around there quite a bit when it was asphalt. But, uh, you know, them guys that do that, you know, they've been doing it for years. You know, they they got their acts together. Um, I hired a guy to help me, you know, on the car to kind of, you know, take some of the learning curve out of it. And uh, I think we got the car right. We got a good motor in it. Just you know, the driver's got to catch up to the car. But I, we're making ground on it. Yeah. Who who are you working with? I got uh, Tony Graham, guy out of Jacksonville. He's been around, helped quite a few people on dirt late models. Oh, there you go. And uh, I hired him to help me out. He he does all my suspension work and stuff like that. And it's I think it's definitely going to you know get us there a lot faster. That street stock experience that you've had on the dirt. Um, over the years, uh, probably helps you out quite a bit, those heavy cars, you know, and then uh, with your fast uh, car uh, modified and late model type experience on the asphalt, that it's not taking you that much to get a hold of it, is it? Well, it's, I tell you, it's, uh, it's a lot different. I mean, it's different than anything I've ever done before. Um, you know, them, the asphalt cars, you drive one of them off in the corner like these dirt cars, you got trouble. <laughs> So you just got to, you know, that's the, that, that's the thing. You just got to learn to get it in the corner and get back on the gas. And that's, that's what I have to get used to. But like I said, in the two races we actually got to run, we had, we made big improvements. So I think we're I think we're getting there. Yeah, I forget who told me that it might have been uh, Bresnahan that was talking about uh, never could believe a car could get so sideways and not be spun out. <laughs> that's about the truth there. I mean, like I said, you drive it off in there sideways and, you know, you get on the gas, it gets up on the up on the bars, and it drives out. It's, it's just amazing what they can do with them. Well, this should be uh, this should be a pretty big weekend. Uh, I talked to, to race director Billy Osborne last night, and in, uh, he's still holding out that uh, maybe fifty cars are going to show up to nice to try to make the feature for the. I, I would definitely say there would be between yeah. forty and fifty cars. I think if the fans come out, they're going to see one heck of a show Friday night. Yeah, it's it's uh the Power Memorial has always been uh, a big deal there in Ocala, and uh, I know I raced in quite a few of them when they were on asphalt, and uh, they were always exciting. And it didn't matter what night it was on; it'd be standing room only at the place, and I'm sure that it's going to be the same now. Um, CC, I made a comment that um, that Kevin could very well be the newcomer of the year mm-hmm. for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Did that make any sense to you? Um, well, there's, um, I do believe there's a new um, category we have, you know, yeah. uh, besides the Rookie of the Year, there's going to be a, a newcomer a year for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge. The Pace American Newcomer of the Year Award is added to the existing Pace American Rookie of the Year program already in place, and the requirements are Kevin Durden fits these requirements. Kevin, isn't it great when you actually fit some requirements that could be a good thing for you? Can, uh, you can only have raced in a maximum of four um, United Dirt Late Mile uh, events, so he hasn't done that, um, and has not received a major award in Super Late Miles on dirt. So uh, congratulations, Kevin. You fall right into that, and uh, if you can just uh, 
get on the wheel for the rest of the season. Uh, there's some other guys in there you're going to be running against there uh, uh, for it. Philip Cobb, Dylan Wood, Dennis Williams, Bobby Clark. Yeah, um, that doesn't bother me. I've, I've raced against the best there is on asphalt and everything else. It's, it's, I'm, you know, I'm a competitor. Like I said, it took us a couple of races to get the hang of this thing, but we're going to get up there. I mean, I want to get up there and contend for the win. That's why we're doing it. Um, you know, the awards are nice, but I'd rather win races. You win races, you get the awards. Yeah, that's right. You know, well, that's we're, we, you know, we've always run to win, and that's what we're going to do. Whatever it takes to get up front, we're going to do it. You know, that's that's just the way we are. And five thousand dollars is a night. Yeah, incentive. I was just just going to say, uh, reading between the lines, there, Kevin. Like this particular race, or or the the next one coming up at Volusia later in the, in the uh, the month, um, the Scott Tom, uh, Scott Thompson Memorial. I mean, you're racing against uh, okay, so Johnny Collins and Johnny, by the way, was going to be with us tonight, mm-hmm. but um, he has more pressing matters. His uh, wife is in the hospital, and oh, they're, no. they're trying to they're trying to get a baby done here, and, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. So he's having to spend some time in the hospital with his wife, which is probably obviously where he needs to be. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But uh, you race against guys like Johnny Collins, Mark Whitener, Jason Fitzgerald. and uh, The Nosbitches. I mean, guys and, they're great. Uh, I mean, there's just uh, Ivan and Lloyd. I don't think you're intimidated by those guys. I know you respect them. I don't think you're the least bit intimidated by them, are you? No, sir, not at all. <laughs> you know, but them guys, them guys don't know who I am. That's so right. If they don't do anything, we'll just surprise them. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he's worried about any of them. Uh, I've known Kevin for a long time, man, and uh, he, he ain't worried about none of that. I, I think it's going to be a good thing for you, Kevin. I, I think, uh, you know, the more guys that I hear that raced uh, in asphalt and did well in asphalt that get in the dirt, I just, uh, I believe that, uh, it's just going to be a good thing for you, and I think it, 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 these guys will all see that you know the experience that you do get early in life uh, at all these different tracks and all these different kind of cars definitely helps and uh, can make you put you to the front quick. I'd like to see you win that Palm Oil. Is James going to run in it? Anybody know? I could not. I don't know. I could not get a hold of James. I was trying to find out that exact thing, and I didn't talk to him, so I don't know. And. Uh... As of last night, Billy didn't know either, so I don't... Kevin, do you have any input on that? I haven't heard anything. I mean, it'd be nice to see him out there. I mean, it's his deal, you know, but... I'm sure he'll be there. I'm just... We're not sure he'll be in a car. I imagine if there's any way it can happen, it will. Right. Yeah, I'd like to see him out there. James is a good competitor, too. You know, he's a nice guy. Uh, It's a bad deal, you know, to actually have this race for, but I'm glad, you know, we had somebody put it together. Like I said, it is a big deal. It's a big money race. Um, anybody that's a racer, you know, they can't say they didn't race because it wasn't paying because this is one of the biggest ones of the year. So what kind of car, motor, and chassis and all that, what, what kind of setup are you running, man? What's your deal? Uh, I got a 06 Masters built. Uh, got a Corey motor in it. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's a pretty good deal. We had, you know, the, it was a car I got actually got from Wayne Anderson. It was one of his cars that he had put together last year. Whatever happened to him in that uh, dirt racing effort that he was going to try he, to put on? He sold his car to Kevin Durden. Oh, that was it? one of them. He's still got a brand new Barry Wright there. It's only got like one race on it. Um, but he's just sitting there. He hasn't done anything with it. Well, must be nice. Well, I understand not doing anything with it. Right. 
But uh, yeah, just uh, you know, I had a I had an asphalt late model sitting here that I wasn't running because you know it wasn't feasible to run with what they pay around here. And he said he you know we worked out a trade basically. It didn't cost either one of us anything. We just pretty much done a swap, you know, car for car, and went on from there. Has this thing has this deal so far? I mean, you I guess you you you've made two A mains and uh, we had some problems there in uh, Alabama, but. Uh, what uh, has anything surprised you, or what what has been uh, some of the the things that you've you've noticed about this racing in this deal that maybe you weren't quite uh, didn't expect, or or anything like that? Uh, not really. I mean, like I said, I knew there was going to be some learning curves. The uh, you know the chassis are so much different on them, and uh, you know you you run it you run practice. You come in and move bars. You run a heat race. You come in and move bars. You know, you swap tires. Just you know, a lot of stuff you got to learn. A lot of lot more detail as far as what you got to do. Um, you know, and then this the main problem we've been having is just getting forward drive off the corner. But we found a problem on it last week and uh, got that corrected. I think we'll be in a lot better shape now. I believe we can get up there and get us a top five this week, maybe even a win. All right. Okay, it's the 14th annual Pal Memorial. United Dirt Late Models will be there. V8 Thunder Stocks, Mini Stocks is going to be a great night. And uh, we wish you the best, Kevin, Friday night in Ocala. Thank you much. And uh, like I said, I hope any fans listening, y'all come out. I think y'all are going to see one heck of a show. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, we got a few out there listening. Don't worry. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks a bunch, man. Hey, Kevin, what's your car number? 56. 56. Be looking for that 56 out there. Have a great time Friday night. Hey, All take right. it easy, Kevin. All right, thank Good you. Good talking to you. All right, thanks. Hey, Rob. When, when we got to Alabama, uh, one of the first things I noticed when we got there, uh, besides um, I told Rick to get the gun because it looked like the bears might be coming out of the woods any minute was I noticed. Wait a minute. What's it look like when it looks like the bears are about to come out of the woods? We were out in the woods, man. Let me tell you. So uh, I looked over there and I, I saw this. I saw Kevin Durden, and uh, I didn't know he was going to be there right, running with the series. And I, I told a couple of guys that uh, were hanging around there that didn't know who he was. You know that guy right there. He didn't come just to fool around. He come to win. What are you doing? Talking around the side. You're, you're, it sounds like your mic's cu- either cutting out on you because oh, really? you're loud, and then you're, now you're loud again. Okay, yeah. It's like you're you're talking yeah. outside, looking around. Oh uh, no, that's that. This is that. Uh, I had fooled with it. Yeah, that's right. I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Kevin Durden's a real deal, man, and he he didn't just come. He's not coming to the series just to fool around. He's coming to to win. He's coming to win that yeah, five I think, grand. I think he can do some uh, some winning, and uh, you know uh, the Power Memorial is going to be big. Uh, can he come in and win the Pound Memorial on Saturday night? It's going to be tough for him. Mark Whitener. He's good, and he can finish up there and, 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 and show everybody that he's a competitor. He can absolutely do that, and if he's there at the end, then he can win. But let me tell you, there's going to be some guns out there ready to fire on Saturday night. Friday night. Well, Friday night. they're going to have to figure out how to beat Mark Whitener. That's number yeah. one. We've got to figure out how to get that guy's won, uh, what, three of the races so far, how's my old buddy Sean been doing? Well, I think he's only won. I run uh, the one race, I believe. Yeah. Uh, maybe he has the last two. 
I don't have that right in front of me, but the unitedirtlatemodels.com, that will certainly answer that question. I'm not sure uh, if he's run two races or the one. Um, it's uh, part of that whole deal we were talking about earlier, man. Hey, now, I heard you mention they, uh, they re- they've already rescheduled the Scott Thompson that was supposed to be at East Bay and we got rained out. Uh, no, 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 no. The, 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 there's two Scott. Con- yeah, confused? there's there's two Scott Thompson memorials. One at East Bay, and one at Volusia. Oh, okay. The one at East Bay was re- is going to be rescheduled for later in the year, like September or something. And the one th- that Volusia does is uh, the second race in June for the United Dirt Lake Model Challenge Series on the 23rd Saturday okay. night. Uh, they had a party down at. Uh, a clean-up and, and fix-up party down in Henry County Saturday and Sunday. I was going to go, yeah, I was going to go down Sunday, and then I uh, alienated my back from the rest of my body again. <laughs> hey, uh, Rob, you ever heard of a guy named uh, Wiley Horsley? Never heard of him. Never? Uh-uh. Wiley Horsley? Is that a joke? Is that a joke? <laughs> No. I don't think so. I'm told he was the guy that got tasered. Okay. That's it. You guys got to tell me the story about who got tasered at what racetrack. Well, now I finally have got a driver's name. This is the first I've heard um, of a driver's Wiley, name. Wiley Horsley. And is there a video? <laughs> the V8 Bombers. Yeah, that's what I want to see. The V8 Bombers at Auburndale. We had so many... Who tasered him? Did, did, did uh, Rex Guy taser him? No. You know better than that. <laughs> Rex is not that kind of guy. Don't He'd try to taser me if I was there. Don't, well, don't he start might, that. He don't might come that. taser you, but he ain't that kind of guy. <laughs> I believe it was a law enforcement officer. Well, the guy probably deserved it. I mean, law enforcement officers don't. Listen, people usually don't tase people that don't deserve it. Well, that's where uh, I asked Rex guy later earlier today what happened about that and he said exactly that the driver uh, had some issues and was from what he told me was his driver was hitting some some other driver in the infield after the v8 bomber race and the police officer told him to stop and he didn't stop so he tasered him that's a, you know hey listen I, i'm i'm all for a, a guy that does that a cop because listen most of the time there's only one cop there or maybe two and if a riot breaks out, you know, the best way to establish control is either to pull your gun out and shoot somebody or <laughs> to tase them. Rob, Wait a minute. Rob, Rob listen to this. Wait a minute. Was the, was the, Go ahead, Susie. Was, yeah. was the officer's life in danger? Was, was he in well, fearing of his life that he would have to protect himself? I don't know about race? that, Rob. But can you picture this? Now picture this. The dugouts, a pitch comes in high to Upton. B.J. Upton has gets knocked down by a pitch up at the Trop, in uh, of course in in Tampa there, and uh, the Rays bench empties, and the Cincinnati Reds bench empties, and they're all pounding the crap out of each other out on the mound, and here comes the St. Pete's finest, six of them. They come running out to the mound, and they just start tasering baseball players. Where, where's this at? 
No, this is this, this is, could happen. This is the oh, yeah. Oh no, I was I was. We're 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 comparing doing this to race car drivers and doing this to professional <laughs> baseball players. It could happen. What it is if you've got to you've got to put yourself in the position of of that officer there, and if the guy would beat somebody up, listen, there's some. You've seen it in the pits, man. There's some violent things that can go on in the pits. People get their legs broken. People get hit with baseball bats. Trust me. If you haven't seen it, CC, you've never seen what goes on in the pits. I have seen guys and girls fighting in the pits. A few years ago. You break that up. A, a few years ago, they mm-hmm. t- t- up at East Bay in the pits. Hey, the cops, the Hillsboro cops, man, they they did some tasering of their own mm-hmm. up there. Well, those guys at East Bay, there's 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 thirty of them there. Okay, you're not going to get away with any. I'll tell anybody that's listening. If you think you're going to go to East Bay Raceway and you're going to get away with anything that's illegal, you better think again because um, in Tampa, our finest. Um, County sheriffs over here, they like the races, okay? Yes, I was going to say, I don't think I've they seen, I don't think I've ever seen any behavior like that up at East Bay. I've seen it at CCMP. Now, what I was going to finish saying, CC, there is, at CCMP, like, if, if, if you're the officer that's there, and let's say that something breaks out between two guys, okay, everybody's looking at you to be able to stop that. Let's say that there's not capable people there stopping it. And there's somebody beating some guy down with a with a bat, or beating some guy down with a fist, and he's not stopping. He is getting tasered, and if he doesn't understand, as soon as that officer asks him to stop, and he didn't stop, he deserves to get tasered. That's the law. That's the way it works. You can't have uh, you know these guys that are race car drivers thinking that they're going to run the show when it comes to doing something illegal. If you're doing something illegal, you're going to jail. You're getting tasered. Like I said, it's better than getting shot. And was, it was a fight at Auburndale that proceeded before the tasering? Well, I don't know. If somebody's hitting somebody else, is that a fight? Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting in your car and somebody's hitting on you. Well, I, I no. Guess, I guess it's that's not, a, no, no. It's not a fair fight to the driver that's stuck in his car being yeah, well, hit. I would like to talk to the officer that did it, okay, and get his story. Because I'm more likely to believe his story because... For one, he wasn't the one that started out being irate and crazy. He came up on the scene and something happened that had him do that. Is he a sheriff, a regular sheriff? Yeah, bottom line is it, at uh, the racetrack in, in Polk County, Auburndale Speedway, hey, if you get out of line yeah. and, and you don't listen to the cop telling you what to do, I guess that's what they're going to do. They're going to taser you. So that's that. Now, Rob, <laughs> let me ask you. Let's take... So drivers let's, be warned. Yeah, let's shift gears here just for a second. Cops. No, no, let's go back. Listen to what the cops say. Then you don't have to worry about it. Go ahead. Oh, no, that is the deal. It doesn't matter. It's what Rex Guy says. He says that's why we got them guys there for to take care of it. That's their he job. Tase them. Tase them. <laughs> All right. So uh, now, Rob, did you uh, do any follow-up or know hear about what happened with this little boy who got burned over at the... At, uh, Palm Beach in oh, the go-kart. the go-kart article I sent you guys? Yeah, Mike Portman. I talked to Mike about it. Did you talk to Mike about that? No. Okay, well, we're still following yeah, up I thought on that. you guys might be interested in that. That's why I sent well, it Well, Mike, I, I just sent it over to Mike. We talked to Mike. I talked to him a little bit the other day about it. And, uh, Do we have time to call Mike real quick and get a story on it? Uh, no, we kind of don't. But it was, um, uh, hopefully, the, the little boy's coming along. He was, you know, he got burned. His cart flipped over and he, and he, and he got burnt, but it was... 
uh, some confusion as to, you know, what, why that happened. And uh, Mike looked at the cart. You could, maybe you could compare notes with him, but he, he looked at the cart and, and he told me pictures of it. He looked at it and he said that it didn't look like any kind of go kart he had ever seen. So it was was it something that shouldn't have been on the track, maybe? I don't know. Like somebody's. Uh, it wasn't the tracks. It was. It was theirs. like maybe somebody's Mike, Mike homemade project. Mike's got pictures. Well, there's pictures online. Okay. Yeah, but uh, tell you what, we're going to have to uh, take a break. We're going to come back with. Uh, you the come fast back car update. Okay. Hey, Rob, you know what today is, by the way, right? June first. Yeah. Has, that should hold special significance. Yeah. Well, my birthday's, my birthday's on the fifteenth. No, it does. Uh, we gotta uh, make our uh, May driver of the month. Yeah, and Bonehead. Yeah. I mean, Bone Man. Yeah. He. Uh, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. He, that's, that's the other guy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He he sent he sent an email. He was all excited. I could I could see his. He was flushed when he sent it. I know. He was all excited because Dave Steele. Uh. Won the little 500. Uh-huh. Did he really? That's great. Congratulations, that's Dave. He, that's what he said in the email. Well, well heck, did or the, when, when Dave Steele should be the driver? Or was of the it month. the Chili Bowl or whatever? Oh, we'll have to He's driver of the month. I've been out of here for I've been out of this stuff for about a week. Okay, field, but let me let see what I can find. But but here's the thing. So he sends me this email anyway about Dave Steele. He's all excited, and then the next day he sends back an amendment uh, to his email. Because David Ruderman won, so he's telling us who okay. who has to be the driver of um, the month. You know what I mean? Florida driver Dave Steele won a classic battle with Eric Gordon to visit Victory Lane in the 61st running of the Payless Little 500 at Anderson Speedway. Yeah, there you go. So Dave Steele, kudos to him, man. That's a that's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Okay. Yeah. That is. But then there's thing. this little guy named uh, Drew Brannon. He's yeah. just been winning every race he gets into. You know How are we gonna make You know what decision? Drew Brandon and Scott Scott Dixon have in common? What? They both won recently at the Milwaukee Mile. Okay. Hey Rob. Well I think it sounds like a three way tie for uh driver of the month. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done.
we're back inside Florida Racing. Fast car time. Let's talk a little fast car. Fast car. Fast car. Is this thing working? Yeah. It's, okay. it's working off and on. Yeah. Fast car. Uh, live, live from Daytona uh, International Baseball Park. Hey, Jack. How you doing? We're doing good, man. What are you doing over there? What's I'm, I'm live from Jackie Robinson Ballpark watching the Sarasota Reds play the Daytona Cubs. And you know what? The greatest thing going, Jack, for $11, they give you a ticket and all you can eat, pizza, hot dogs, hamburgers, and I also had seafood dip from down the hatch, which was awesome. It's just an unbelievable deal for 11 bucks. And you know the great thing about it? The Cubs aren't stupid either. They make you buy the drink, so now you pay two fifty for a bottle of soda or four bucks for a draft beer. So everybody wins. The park wins and the, and the fans win. Very good. So where are you going to tell Robert to put the whole put put the pitcher's mound over there at New Smyrna? Well, <laughs> uh, we got to. You know, that's something. You know, I like. I think you and I both agree that you know minor league baseball. They they they, they do a lot of promoting. Yeah, there's there's no doubt the Florida Florida State League. Uh, they do, uh, not all the teams do good, but most of them, they, they do pretty good with attendance. Uh. Well, and you know, and I think the challenge, I think the challenge in Florida, because I've watched minor league baseball, you know, now in Pennsylvania and Connecticut and uh, North Carolina, and Florida, I think the challenge in Florida, it's so hot. Like, I went to, we went to the game last night and it started at 535, and I mean, it was smoking hot at the game because there was no place where you can sit in for shade. Yeah, well, you know, like that. Well, I'll tell you what they did down here when they they remodeled the they remodeled Charlotte when they remodeled uh, the old Texas Rangers uh, stadium and got it ready for the Tampa Bay Rays and the, and the Charlotte Stone Crabs. Now, when I go, my seats when I go, I'm only exposed to the sun for a little bit, and then it's yeah. nice and shady right there behind home plate. Yeah, there are seats yeah. that uh, they do have a covering over yeah. uh, about a third of the of the seats. But uh, yeah, that is an issue. But so, uh, what's the latest and greatest in fast car world, man? Well, I tell you what, I what I'm really excited about this Saturday night. We got the checkered flag sprint car organization coming to race in their non-wing. So you know the people who watch like the USAC wingless sprint cars on TV from Winchester or, you know, IRP, you know, it's that non-wing, and I'm really excited to see. I've seen the wing sprint cars run at New Smyrna. Now I'm really excited to see the non-wing because, you know, I think a lot of people say the non-wing cars slide around a little more, and, and they're not stuck to the ground with those wings. So I'm really excited about watching, uh, you know, the checkered flag non-wing sprint cars. And also we got two uh, pro truck races because our first pro truck race got uh, – Got rained out on uh, May 23rd, so you know for 15 bucks you're going to see uh, two two pro truck races and a uh, sprint car race along with three or four other feature races. So you know it's going to be a lot of racing for 15 bucks. Now I see you have a uh, a radio station sponsoring that night. Yeah, we got the hog we got the hog uh, radio station from uh, Daytona Beach sponsoring it. And they've been they've been real good sponsors with us, and we do something every Thursday, which is really kind of cool. On uh, Thursday mornings at 7.45, the hot calls me. We do a one- or two-minute report about what's going on. And then in the afternoon, we do a country station, the Crow Country, Crow country uh, 4.45, calling and talk about it. So they've been real good to us, uh, Black Crow Media Group in uh, Daytona Beach. That's great. So, so you've, been ha- you've been going over to see the Cubs uh, when you get a chance. Uh, what are some of the things that you're picking up? Uh, have, have you picked up some, some things that you think that uh, – 
could be applied to uh, to the, the stock car tracks? Well, I, I you know, I, I always say, you know, you know, and, and Robert will agree with me on this that you know, there, you know, Hugh Deary, who was a famous from the famous Deary family, he was a founder and founder, you know, the father of the family, and he once said at an RPM meeting back probably about thirty years ago, he said, "There's only two, there's only two places in the United States of America that are in the auto racing business." At Daytona and Indianapolis, he said the rest of us were in the entertainment business, and he had this famous saying, "Thou entertain my customer." And I think you know that's something that you know we're doing. We're trying to do more fun stuff. We had a National Guard at our track on uh, Saturday night. We had the clicker ticket with their uh, with the uh, Florida Department of Transportation rollover car to throw out the dummy, and then you know we did foot races for the kids. So we're trying to do more of that kind of stuff, you know, along with stock car racing. That's cool. So uh, now, what again? What do you have this week? The, the checkered flag sprints and uh, yeah, the nine wingers, and and we got two uh, two two truck uh, races. Two truck races. I'll tell you what's going to be. You know, talking about entertainment on uh, Saturday night, June thirteenth, we're actually going to build two strictly stocks in the pit area. Starting, I think we're going to start about four o'clock, and by by ten o'clock, we're going to race those uh, strictly stocks. But here's going to be the fun part about our strictly stock race. Not only are they going to race around the track. They're going to race with mattresses on their roof because they're going to have to come in for a pit stop and put a mattress on their roof and run around the racetrack. You know, Robert <laughs> tried this many years ago, and he said it was it was really cool. You know, Robert did. You know, Robert tried a lot of promotions in his day, and you know we're trying to bring a lot of the other stuff back that he did 20, 25 years ago. You know, with the fans. You know, the old sack races. Uh, you know, the backwards races. You know, we're even going to do a demolition derby on uh, September. Uh, I think it's September 12th or, or the. Second or third weekend in September at New Smyrna Speedway. So you know, you know what used that? to be you know what used to be real big uh, at the races when I was a kid is they always have the stunts there. You know, they had uh, what was the guy that did the thrill show down here? Chitwood. Yeah, Joey Chitwood. Oh, Joey Chitwood. Yeah, they'd always be at Golden Gate and uh, at the old fairgrounds, whatever. If there was a race, they were out there crashing a car or jumping a car or riding around. Car you know, I always thought it was pretty cool. Was riding around the track on two wheels. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it's stuff like that that would make some of these folks that have been to races before maybe not liked it so much, and then they, they go to this race, and then that happens, and then they say, you know, this is how it used to be. You hey, know? you know, it's interesting you say that, Jack, because we brought back the fan participation races the third Saturday night of every month. The last time we did this, we had 14 cars participate. That's great. That is great. And, 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 and the fans... It took about 25 minutes to do it because we did the rundowns and we did the free-for-all race, and the fans loved it. The fans were going crazy. You know, and it's just, like I said, you know, you know stock car racing is great, but I think sometimes we've got to do more than just stock car racing. And I think, you know, minor league baseball has proven that over the years because over the last 30 years their business has grown, you know, and, and, and well, we're a short track race, and I think is, you know, right now, we, you know, like I say, we're in a little slump right now. What's the score over there at Jackie Robinson Stadium? But you know, like I said, we gotta, jo- we, gotta jo- we gotta do more work to entertain jo- our customer. Joe, what what's the score over there right now? Score right now is two to nothing in uh in the bottom of the fourth. Who's got the two? Who's who, who's got the two? Oh, the Cubs. The Cubs are up. <laughs> hey, you know something else that's going on with that Florida State League is they're televising that stuff on TV. You know, you can watch uh, any night, just about. You can watch one of those games. Oh, no kidding. Now, what's that on? Uh, forty-seven. What is that catch or something like that? No kidding. Because I, I get, I don't, 
when I live where I live, I can't get Bright House, so I get the Direct TV, and I don't I don't think I get that channel. Yeah, I know that. I, that I got Bright House. Hmm. Interesting. But they are televising some of them. They're probably televising over on Comcast on one of those. Well, I know I know they broadcast all of them, all of the games. Yeah, I kind of, on... miss not having Bright House because they they do so much local sports, and they Bright House. I mean, Bright House is a great sponsor of us, and we even had some preliminary talks with Bright House about the possibility in the future of maybe televising the Governor's Cup 200 live. That would yeah. be awesome. You know, hopefully we're going to have, you know, and I think that's one of the things, Jack, you and I are going to work on is talking about possibly doing a late model driver's reunion and, you know, doing a the Hall of Fame. we got a lot of cool stuff we're going to be doing down the road at New Smyrna Speedway. And, you know, fortunately, you know, Robert, Robert, Robert's into promotion. Robert keeps saying, Joe, what kind of promotions you got? What kind of ideas you got? Bug, and he bugs me every day, but which is good though, because he challenged me and says, "Hey, we got to we got to promote, you know." And, and that, and 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 like you said, we're going to do more promotion. Well, Joe, thank you so much for uh, taking time away from your baseball game no and problem. joining us here on Inside Florida Racing. Yeah. And we hope you have a great night. And thanks Saturday for night. Us, you know, speak every Monday night. It is our pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. Talk to you next week. Okay, Rob, Jack, we um, are we going to? Take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with Lake Speed. Are you ready, CC? Did you do some homework? Um, I did a little, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, you got to give her Let's... give her some time to Let's... ask some questions, Rob. <laughs> she's she's a, she's already been complaining about no! it. Oh, I was making a joke about it on my Twitter, but anyway, we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back with Inside Florida Racing and Lake Speed. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done.
We're back inside Florida racing, and I don't know about uh, you, Jack and Rob, but I think this is just such a, a special treat for us to have a former NASCAR driver on Inside Florida Racing tonight. Please welcome to Inside Florida Racing, Mr. Lake Speed. Well, thank you. Hi, Lake. I'm Cece, and it is our pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Glad to be here. Now, usually, Lake, at this time, uh, my co-host Rob does a special karting segment, and this ties in really great because that's where you started off with karting. Absolutely. I actually was fortunate enough to have two two full racing careers, one in karts that lasted about 19 years, and then about 19 more years in the NASCAR deal. Now, Rob, when um, you were karting, did you follow and know about Lake Speed's uh, career? Well, not his karting career. Um, when I was karting, uh, well, Lake's NASCAR career was uh, at the time that I was still in high school, you know, probably uh, from 80 to 84, so Lake was probably in the uh, NASCAR, and uh, I graduated in 84, so I used to follow him on TV. First race was in the end of 1979, right at the very end of the season, and that was the beginning of it all. But you you really um, accomplished a lot in karting, a six-time United States karting champion and the 1978 world karting champion, which my understanding is that was a huge accomplishment. Well, if you consider that no non-European has still today ever won except me. Wow, that's quite impressive. And and I understand that you um, there was a special award now in your honor for that um, accomplishment that you're giving um, well, it's not to really, go-karters. It's not exactly anything to do with the World Championship thing. It's just something that actually uh, International Car Federation I just honored me with asking if they could do this award and use my name for it to give to a driver or a team that's really gone kind of over and above as far as in their preparation and their enthusiasm, but also keeping a good attitude about their racing and what they're doing and, you know, and someone that's actually given to the sport, you know, and uh, a good example, if you want to call it. It's the Lake Speed Achievement of Excellence Karting Award. And it looked like it's maybe I was first uh, given out in 2006. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hey, Lake, did you, um, this is Rob, by the way, did you, um, I, I did, you got to meet Ayrton Senna and race with him back in 1978 before um, either one of you had really made it into uh, other than karting, you know, um, what was it like to uh, meet a guy like him back then, and do you remember actually racing with him at that time? Was he a good kart racer? He obviously probably was. Yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> The best of each country, if the, the World Championships of karting is done a little bit different than a lot of things, but it's, it's more like an Olympics, where each country was allowed, I think, a maximum of six drivers to represent a country, and there'd be over 100 drivers. I know the year I won, I think it was 26 countries represented. Uh, he was just, you know, one of the top guys from Brazil, and so you when you went to those events, they're so big and there's so many people, you don't, and especially when you don't speak all his languages. <laughs> like a good old southern boy from Mississippi, I, I wasn't too fluent in a lot of that stuff. I'd become fairly fluent uh, working relationship with Italians because I, I raced for, you know, with their help 
for five of the six years that I went over there. And uh, But then I didn't know who he was. I didn't really know. He's just another guy. Right. Know, and, uh, you know, afterwards, after it was all over with and done with, you know, you look and say, well, how about that? That's, that's pretty amazing. This young guy went on to wind up being one of the top Formula One guys. But it, it was interesting to me in my in my karting career, especially going over to Europe, that I got that noticing after I'd been over there for a few years that guys that I was racing against anywhere from 18 months to two years later were sitting in a Formula One. And it was a lot of them that that happened. I mean, I, I guarantee you there had to be six to nine of them that, that I raced carts against. And the next thing I know, I'm reading and hearing about them in the Formula One cars. So that had a lot to do with me making my transition into the NASCAR program after I won the thing, there really wasn't any any other real reason to keep doing it. And a lot of crazy stuff that happened in my life. I had some uh, that that year '78 was a uh, my wife and I separated, and just a lot of nutty stuff happened. And I said, I'm going to go try and see if I can do anything in the professional ranks. All these other guys that I raced carts against and outrun a lot of these guys. I run a form of one. Surely, I maybe I can do something here in the state. So then I started looking around at different forms of racing, and immediately went to the all open wheel stuff first, looking at that because that's all I'd ever done. But then a, a total stranger called me one day and asked me if I'd be interested in looking in the NASCAR program, and then he started telling me all all the benefits of it. And uh, so they arranged a meeting, and I went to Charlotte, North Carolina, and met with the. People at the Speedway there, and they introduced me around and worked it out where I got a trial, you know, a test drive in, in a stock car, and I found out it was a lot harder to drive than they look like they are. <laughs> and, uh, Who was the stranger? Crashing the car right off the bat, didn't you know? That was kind of like, okay, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Excuse me. Who was the stranger? Um. My mind just went blank. He was a, actually the editor of Car and Driver magazine at the time. He was from uh, New York, a fellow named Gene. And uh, he had he had originally had some Mississippi roots, and that's that's why he had some interest in me and called me William Gene. Now, did the Lowe's Motor Speedway promoter have any influ- influence on you about choosing to go NASCAR racing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at that time, <clears throat> the open-wheel racing series were all in real disarray. And when you talk to the team owners and the different people that were involved with it, they couldn't even guarantee you they were going to even have a season that next year. You know, they didn't know whether they were going to have sponsorship. They didn't know, you know, what was going to happen rule package-wise and stuff. It was just a lot of uncertainty in that arena. Then when I went to the NASCAR race, it looked like, you know, it was a Super Bowl plus, you know, steroids. And I thought, wow, there's quite a bit of difference here. You know, I don't know about this going around in circles business, but uh, as far as the health of the organization goes, you could tell one of them was on steroids and the other one was anemic. And I said, you know, I think maybe I'd best look at this program. And then when I got in the car and to drive them, and I met the concrete wall pretty quick and realized, wait just a minute, I'm just going from the smallest, lightest, 
best handling vehicle on four wheels to the worst, the heaviest, least amount of tire for the horsepower that there is. Hmm. How did you? Pretty good challenge. I've always been one for challenge, <laughs> you know. And so I said, this will this will be a challenge. So how did your first year go? about getting a car for NASCAR racing. Not a good idea. It was not a good idea. But I bought this car, but it turned out that uh, Good Lord was looking after me anyway because Harry Hyde had built the car originally. And so we brought it back to Charlotte and uh, started this little team there. I think we had three guys on our team. So it was just a really a shoestring deal. And uh, the guy that mentored me had been a driver years and years before, a fellow named Daryl Derringer. And Daryl knew everybody, and uh, he he called Harry up and said, "Look, we got one of your old cars. Any chance we could get go through this thing and and kind of spruce it up and get it fixed up?" And it just so happens that Harry was in a particular position at that time. He had some time on his hands. He had all his stuff ready for Daytona. He said, "Yeah, so bring it on over here. We'll work on it." And they made that thing look like a new shiny penny. I mean, it was amazing. And uh, went down to Daytona and had a great race and uh, won the race and they stole it from me. And, uh, it, was, it was just, you know, we got off to a great start. That first season, we had several top ten finishes. It was pretty amazing. Uh, but to not know a thing about what, what we were doing, uh, you know, karting teaches you the basics of how to race. And if you learn those basics, and learn them well, you can race anything, I'm convinced. Yeah, very true. But if you do well in carts, and you're doing it all yourself, not just sitting in it and somebody else doing everything, but if you actually understand the mechanics of the cart and what makes it work and all that that goes with it, you can translate all that over there. I had to learn what shocks and springs and sway bars and all that stuff did. It took me about a year to figure that out. But once I did that, then we then we got off to got to moving along pretty good. Yeah, because on the go kart, all you have is weight to move around, you know, and a little bit of tire sizes, but you don't mess with that as much as air pressure. And then to uh, go into something like uh, Winston Cup, then you know, in, in the in the eighties, in the early eighties. 1980, as a matter of fact, or that would have been, uh, was that your first year in 1980? Yeah, yeah. So what year car was that that you used? Everybody was running a 1977 Monte Carlo, big old honking, huge thing. Oh, yeah. 3,800 pounds. 112-inch wheelbase. But, but ran over, yeah, ran over over uh, 200 miles an and, and, Cece, those are the cars that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that we see. Uh, running at the racetrack, when you see a Chevelle or a Monte Carlo, yeah. a little bit longer car than what the new type cars are, mm-hmm. those cars are exactly what Blake was running when he started running Winston Cup at Daytona. They raced those cars at Daytona. Wow. They, they prepped them similarly the way that the guys are prepping them today, other than the motors that they put on them. Talk to us a little bit about the motors that they actually had in the cars at that time. Back then, the, you know, a good motor was probably 600 to 650 horsepower. 
they had late model motor on PC. Yeah. And, and now, you know, I mean, that was just the technology just wasn't there. The cylinder heads and stuff like that. Most of the motors were cast iron. I mean, the block and the heads and everything were cast iron back then. Yeah. They, they weren't aluminum stuff. wasn't even There wasn't much of it around, and it wasn't even, they didn't allow it. It wasn't illegal. You know, you had to use a, the manufacturer's cylinder heads with, with the block, you know, time. But it, it, it was kind of crazy, just a lot of the stuff that, that happened, but amazingly, you know, without the restrictor plates, those cars went really fast. It was it was pretty bizarre. And then 1980, the next year, they downsized the cars. I ran the first year with the big car, and then the next year they downsized it to the, if you stop thinking about those mobiles and uh, cutlasses and a lot of that stuff that was in the, in the 80s. Did they shorten the wheelbase then, too? They had to shorten the wheelbase and narrow them. The biggest thing is they narrowed them up. I, I can't remember how much it was. It seemed like it was about six inches. It was a lot. They really narrowed the cars up a bunch. And in those days, GM and Ford and uh, uh, the other Dodge all, or all, all GM was in the, uh, every make. I mean, Chevrolet, Buick, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, all of them were running. Were the manufacturers um, really um, into it at that time? Into it, a lot of people. A lot of people think that the manufacturers do a whole lot more than they they did during my racing career. While I was doing racing, you know, they provided the very top team some cash and trucks and cars and sheet metal and just some stuff. But really, technology wise. They didn't. They didn't have a clue what was going on. You know, they they tried to help a little bit. And I know in the mid '90s they sent some engineers to a team that I was working with, and you know we had to educate the engineers as to what was going on. They were trying to do crazy stuff. You know, it, it was it was it was just an animal of its own, and unless you're there every day, all day, you just there's no way for somebody from the outside. I don't care, smartest. Einstein could come in there, and if he's not familiar with what you're doing, it's not going to work. It's not going to help you. It'll be a hindrance instead of a help. Do you think that they should have stuck with uh, with the cars being a manufactured item? I know they couldn't do it today with the way that they've changed stuff, but they could. You know, uh, do you think that they should have stuck more with that instead of the product that you get today? It's no wonder. Uh, that let, me, let me tell you. The, I'll tell you the real story behind that whole deal. The truth of the whole matter is, you know why they all look the same now? Why? Because the fans and the media forced NASCAR to do it. Don't blame us and the, the media. Fans, I'm a racist. What? I'm telling you, the fans and the media drove them to doing it, and and this is how it, this is why it happened. After every race, whoever won, their fans and the media that supported them were the only ones that were happy. And everybody else called NASCAR everything under the sun and complaining about whoever won having too much advantage. Right. NASCAR could never please everybody. They could never level the playing field. They could never make the field level in everybody's eyes. Everybody's, everybody's car looked a little different, and everybody's motor was a little different. Everybody's little stuff was a little different, and it got to where they just got beat up. So Did they bad. get their feelings hurt? Like, got, well, I don't think it's a case of getting their feelings hurt. 
I think it was this, when the when the sport started really growing and getting a lot more media attention in the nineties. You know, you started getting Fortune five hundred, all the Fortune five hundred top ten companies in the Fortune five hundred involved, and millions and millions of dollars start getting poured into it, and they're doing just tremendous amount of uh, hospitality, and there's just the fan base just grew huge, and all these people are complaining that their favorite didn't win. And NASCAR was just in a point of rock and a hard place. I mean, and I mean, I was part of it. I was part of the fight, too. We were always trying to get our car to have a little unfair advantage if we could get it. But and as whoever screamed the loudest and had the most pull, you know, could finagle things. And they, they would skew tests. They'd do anything to try to to get them to change a rule to help them a little bit. And then the guys would go out and, you know, and try to milk that rule change or whatever it is. But when they finally came down to the point that, you know, the only way we're going to ever do this is we give everybody the same. We make the same template and everybody's stuff's got to fit it. I don't care what brand you are, you got to fit this. And That's a- now, now the competition is closer than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Any form of racing probably right now. But that's the real story. That's why it's really happened. So obviously, you think that was a, that was the right thing for them to do then. And so I'm, you know, do you want to have headaches and and try to explain your way out of everything every day? I mean, if every day you went to work, if the phone rang off the wall and somebody's just cussing you out and raising cane with you and making your life miserable. Would you want to keep doing that, or would you want to do something where you could the phone wouldn't ring? Yeah, there you go. Does GM and uh, the other uh, Ford and and uh, Dodge today pump uh, millions of dollars into NASCAR? I don't know. You know, I've, I've been out now about ten years, so uh, I can't tell you what's really going on there. I just I just know in the past when I was involved, the top teams for each manufacturer got some, you know, some financial support with equipment, you know, whether it be some real expensive dynamometers or test equipment or this, that, and the other, that, you know, they'd supply stuff like that to them. I don't know if they ever wrote them checks or not, but they gave them, you know, stuff that they were going to have to write a check for themselves if they didn't, you know, didn't get the equipment or whatever. Like, how did the experience of racing NASCAR change from you when you went to being your own team and being your own car owner to driving for a car owner? Wow. <laughs> a lot a lot less worry? I don't have that stress on me to have to worry about making payroll every Friday, you know, and worrying about you know, what was going to happen. So it made racing more enjoyable? Yeah, it made it more enjoyable. Actually, what it allowed me to do is just focus that much harder. Yeah, because you know, I could I could pour more of my attention into the actual race car itself. I, in every scenario I was ever in, I was still very very involved with the car. Uh, I guess they um, ran my own team three times. I guess it was, and then managed teams for other people. And uh, most of the time, wherever I was, I was helping manage the thing too. Now, is your is your son Lakespeed Junior. Is he racing NASCAR? No. Uh, he works for Joe Gibbs uh, and runs that high-performance oil program that they have. Okay. He was a 
marketing uh, graduate from University of Tennessee, and uh, they hired him to to run that oil program for him. So he's running all over the world selling the best racing engine oil out there is out there. Tell us about your uh, victory in 1988 at the uh, Trans-South 500 in Darlington. Uh, sure, you had a strike that day after that win, but tell us what that was like for you. Well, it was it was a huge relief. Uh, you know, you, you have to go backwards from that and, and go back to uh, the beginning of, I think, it's about the fourth race of 1986. I got fired. Uh, right at the, you know, four races into the season, team split up that we'd been with for the year before that. And, uh, I was sitting around here wondering if, if my career was over, would anything happen again? Because it was, you know, it was a bad time of year not to have a job. And it's hard to find a seat open. I can imagine uh, what that must have been like for you, uh, uh, you know, having the career 
and having things like you said, you know, you you have ups and you have downs, and the Lord works in mysterious ways, and you finally get that day, and everything comes together, and uh, you definitely deserve it. Uh, how many years were you in NASCAR? I'm Nineteen. I started at the end of 1979 and uh, got injured in June of, I think it was June, July. Uh, it's, a, it's Sonoma. And 98. So, did my Almost 20 years. Did you have um, a racing uh, good relationship with Dale Earnhardt Sr.? Hmm, no, we, we didn't see that uh, very good at all. <laughs> A lot of friction there for some reason. I never did figure out exactly why it was. But just <laughs> well, you know, you're not going to get along with everybody, and uh... no, you don't. It's human beings, you know, and human beings. You got people to get along well with. You got people to kind of neutral, and you got some that just seem like you just there's always friction for some reason. But that's part of life. That's just being a person, I think. The carding thing is uh, where I've gone back now. Uh, Steve Peterson uh, gave me a, just worked me over about three years ago, calling me, calling me, calling me, calling me, said, you need to come out here, you're not doing anything, you need to come out here and run these carts with us in Charlotte. And uh, I finally broke down and went out there one Wednesday evening and rode his cart some, and I got, got through the end of that thing. I said, man, I forgot how much fun these things were. When you going to come back? Well, we'll be back out here in about two weeks. So I kept coming back out and riding his stuff for about a month there. And I finally got feeling bad. And I said, see, I'm just wearing your stuff out. And, and, uh, I need to, I guess I just want to buy my own. I'm going to have to get, me out, get my own car and play, with, play some more. Besides that, I want to work on it. And uh, so that was the beginning of it. I called the bureau people, and uh, that's what I've won the car you know, won the world championship with a barrel and a perilla. So I um, called him up, ordered me up a cart, and started mucking around out there playing around about three years ago. And uh, they just play and practice and whatever, but they didn't ever race. And, uh, so I'm, finally I decided I want to race. So I, I wanna <laughs> I'm tired of just sitting there. I want to race. And uh, so WK came, had a... I've been up there, and I ran that one. It was my first race since 1979. Everybody looked at me like, what's this old guy doing? He's crazy. And, uh, and I ran a Stars race later that year there, too. I really felt out of place then. But uh, the following year, they didn't come back. And so I went road racing, took my cart, and converted it into a road race cart, and ran the uh, WK Road Race Series last year. How old are you now, Lake? 61. 61. When you got back in that go-kart, man, it takes, uh, it's a lot easier driving cars. I don't know. Physically. They're all physically. I think so much of it's in your head. It's like, I don't know, somebody, it's more of the guys at the kart track. Somebody brought up how many laps you had made or something. And I kind of looked around the garage, I mean, the, pit area there, and I said, I'll bet you I'll have more laps on a go-kart than all, everybody here combined. <laughs> he looked at me, and well, you're crazy. I said, no, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea how many laps I have in the cart over the years. But, uh, Do these folks that race against you know who you are? 
as I figured it out after a little while, it didn't take too long for me to figure it out. Well, they probably don't think that, no, this isn't the guy. This isn't the guy. That guy? Now, this is the guy that's named after him. Speaking of that, Blake, i got to ask you. I, I mean, I, I, I had one cousin. We, I talked to him and his dad in Charlotte about oh, probably four or five years ago when he was still running carts. And uh, there was a big event. They had some big race out there in Charlotte. And I went up because I had some other friends that I hadn't seen in years I wanted to go see. And some guys from Europe were there and whatever. And uh, talked to Scott and his dad and them, and we kind of met for visiting around a little bit. We decided that we must have been distant cousins, maybe on down the back of the road, you know. Just not that many speeds in, in the United States. So that's it. That's as, that's as close as we are. Well, um, i got to ask you that one of my, one of my friends in, uh, during my life was going to name his son his first name Speed. And it happened to be after you being Lake Speed, and I always wanted to know. Obviously, your parents named you, but how did the name Lake Speed come about? Okay, my dad was one of seven Speed boys. So first, right off the bat, now back in Mississippi, Speed pretty common name back there. It's not like Williams or something, but it's you know it's not real, real unusual. Got a lot of cousins and people running all over Mississippi. My dad, I came along, I was an accident. Uh, I came along eight years after the rest of the kids, you know, they had three kids, and then eight years later they had me. When I showed up, Dad was 49 years old. The, uh, he decided, they named me after his, he had two good friends that had neither been married, you know, uh, either one had been married, so he named me after these two guys. He gave me their last name. The first guy's name was Bob Lake, and then the second guy's name was Paul Chambers. So my name is Lake Chambers Speed. <laughs> well, it's definitely a name that grabs people's attention, and they uh, yeah. don't forget it easily. It was always, uh, it was more times it was a blessing than it was a curse, but if you weren't running very good, it could really give somebody a lot of... <laughs> to work with can make life miserable too but oh I'm sure to learn how to let things roll off you know because there's going to be a lot of jokes made too <laughs> how'd the Italians deal with that name when you're talking about the Europeans they they must have really but said this I have no clue you know <laughs> you can't it's all I could understand you know get across carburetor man I need a carburetor or give me a gear or whatever but I didn't. I wasn't near fluid enough to know what they were thinking about my name or whatever. Well, Lake, it has been a pleasure and an honor to have you on Inside Florida Racing tonight with us. Yes, we have really fun. enjoyed your time here. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Out there in Jordan too. I'm sure they have, and uh, those who are listening right now live, and the many, many folks that come back all week long and download the show, um, and take the podcast off. Thank you so much. Can I plug, can I plug one thing before we go? Absolutely. We're having a huge vintage cart race at uh, Dismore's Place at Newcastle coming up here on uh, June 18th. I think it's 18th and 19th, 17th, 18th and 19th. And there's going to be all the guys, a lot of people from karting history will 
be there. And four twin-engine, C-open type go-karts for the people that still know what that is, two 135cc engines with alcohol everything running. Yeah. It probably was even back in the 70s when we, when we used to run them. There's going to be a great show put on up there at Dismore's. Uh, fellow named Jeff Brown putting it all on. But uh, any of the cart enthusiasts, especially the guys who have been around for a long time, uh, if you don't know about this, uh, you can go on the website and check it out with Dismore's place up there at Newcastle. And, uh, be What's the name of the website? Uh, like the Newcastle Raceway or something like that, I think is what Dismore's place goes by. I think that's what it is. I think it's Newcastle Speedway or Newcastle Cartway or something like that. Newcastle, anyway. Yeah, if all you got to do is Google Google Mark Dinsmore and Newcastle, and you'll get it. Right. right. All right, Lake, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. Thank you, buddy. All right, thank you. Thanks so much, Lake. What a great interview. That was fantastic, Rob. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a guy that people have seen on TV for over all the years, and, you know, another guy that butted head with Dale Earnhardt. Come Mm -hmm. on, man. Gotta love it. Oh, that was great. Well, we're going to go, and we still have uh, Sean Rudiman to join us here in just a few minutes. And Dustin Dunn. And Dustin Dunn, so still a lot more show to come. Can you throw some carding news out real quick? How fast are you? Do you have it? I have it. I don't have it. Yes, you uh, do. Sporting Carding Championships. Where? be held at third race on uh, 2009 last weekend, 103rd Street Complex in Jacksonville. Um, if you want to check it out, uh, go to Florida. FLWKASprintSeries.com. You can see who all the winners are. Dirt Devil Speedway held a few money races this past Saturday night. Um, they paid 500 and 150. Darren Brown and uh, Raymond Falwell captured the wins there. Florida Karting Association held their state race of the year this past weekend at Fruitland Park. A few of the winners, Tyler Wright, uh, Earl Warder, uh, and Christopher Ritchie. Check out them at fkadirtseries.com. That's it for the carding news, and uh, what a carding segment. We'll be right back, folks. Well, uh, actually, yes. we're not going anywhere. Oh. Cece, yes. you have uh, in front of you Jane Smith's yeah. okay. I'll deal. Okay, i get back to it. And tell us what's going on around Florida. Hold on. I pulled, yeah, Cece, tell us. I pulled up my Twitter page, and I've been Twittering, telling people about Lake Speed. What is this that you're doing? What is this? Are you, are you part of the Twitter world now? I am now part of the Twitter world. Yes, hey, I am. You, Karnak's been on the Twitter for a while. You can, uh, you can, Karnak, you can Twitter Karnak and Real Racing USA, either one. Absolutely. Okay, Another let's see point. here. And then what's your deal? What, what's it? Um, I'm Twitter. Just C.C. Brooks, C-E-C-E-B-R-O-O-K-S. Okay, let's see here. Um, do, do, do. let's see here. Where am I? Hold on, I'm trying to find trying to find this. Oh, it's your show. Oh, it's my show. Okay, uh, I just need to find it. We got to squeeze in It's a list of everything that's happening this weekend, and how come I can't find it? Like it's not there where it was before. Okay, here we go. 
A lot of racing action this week. And, of course, everybody knows about the 14th Annual Pal Memorial at Ocala Speedway. At Orlando Speed World Friday night, it's Boy Scout night with Strictly Stock Mania, Dual 20s, Limited Late Models, Modified Sportsmen, Super Stocks, Legends, and Bandoleros will be part of the early show. Uh, there's some bicycle races happening at Five Flags Speedway Friday night. Also, when we move to Saturday night, we know New Smyrna Speedway is having their Hog 95.7 FM night with the Checkered Flag Sprint Series. Citrus County Speedway will be holding a super late model race, as well as mini stock, street stock, pure stock, and V8 Thunder stock in mini cups. At Columbia Motorsports Park Saturday night, it's open wheel modified 50, pure stock 50 with 500 to win, a sportsman and a V8 Bombers and Hornets race. Auburndale uh, doesn't look like they have on their schedule um, um, taser tag, but they do have figure eight, modified, mini stocks, sportsmen, V8 bombers, street stocks, scramblers. Uh, I think the kids club will be doing something as well as DeSoto champ carts. Up at Bronson Motor Speedway, we have sportsmen, street stock, pure stock, four-cylinder bombers and hornets. Charlotte County, this is a big night at the Charlotte County Motorsports Park in Punta Gorda Saturday night. Uh, besides the modified 50s, there's the Outlaw Street Stocks Pro Challenge, Pro 4s, Fab 4 switch-off race for 50 laps. At the end of racing, the legendary and a very, very nice man. I've hung out with him before. Charlie Daniels will be performing in concerts. It's a very special night Saturday night. At Volusia Speedway, it's Budweiser night Saturday night with $1,000 for the modifieds to win. Sportsman Street Stock, Thunderstock, $500 for the mini stocks. And at East Bay Raceway Park, it's Apollo Beach Chiropractic Night. Don't know if they'll be doing free adjustments, but there'll be the Race Car Engineering Summer Showdown Late Model 40, East Bay Sprints, Street Stocks, Outlaw 4s, 4-cylinder bombers. They have nothing posted for North Florida Speedway and Waycross Motor Speedway. Uh, they're having a spring bike rally at Golden Isle Speedway, and that's it. And that's brought to you by Checkered Flag Racing out of Opalaka, Florida. And it's time to uh, talk to the man of the hour, Sean Rudeman. Welcome to uh, Inside Florida Racing. Hey, Sean. Welcome back. Thank you. What's happening, buddy? I just got done playing a little golf, actually. Dolphin man. Well, that must have been exciting for you and Dave's Uh, win. Yeah, it was was very exciting. Yeah, the Florida... Yeah, you know, not just for myself, David, the whole family, um, especially to see the uh, double zero, the family number, you know, for the first win in Cup history and with a double zero and just, you know, everything that we went through in life, you know, to get there, you know, I think a lot of times people had the assumption that the Rudiman family had money. Well, it was race on Friday night so you could afford to race Saturday night. And that, if you didn't do good, then, you know, you didn't buy tires and stuff. So it's come a long way, come full circle, I think. Well, we were all we were all you know behind you guys cheering. Um, I know at my house it was that way. It was very exciting. And what does this win do for the team, for the racing team, mentally? And and how does that get you excited, uh, looking forward to the next race? Does it put more pressure on you? Um, not really. It took a lot off because we had you know like uh, Rodney Childers said the other day, we had a little meeting there for the race. I said our goals is to get two poles this year and win a race. So we've met our goals. Now we need to set goals higher 
And, you know, they say that first one's always always the hardest one to come by. So we've got that one out of, out of the way now, and now we can just get after it. You know, now our main goal is to, to make the chase, and um, I think we've got a good opportunity at that. And I, I believe we'll win another race. You know, I thought yesterday we were going to have a chance of winning that one, and then uh, the bump stops on the right front. They collapsed, and the car, the handling went away. But um, I just I feel I feel there's another one around the corner. Well, there's no doubt about that. Um, I definitely think that there there'll be one around the corner. Uh, talk to us about Victory Lane. Uh, uh, shall I call you Spanky now, since that's what they called you uh, on national television? Spanky. Yeah, I got a few. Uh, the crew calls me Round Root because they say I'm the the roundest of all the rudiments there. But um, <laughs> so they, that's nice. They nickname me Round Root, so I, it don't bother me. Um, you know that the the Spanky deal. Um, I know a lot of people are familiar with Buddy Foster used to uh, own uh, all Dickie Anderson's late models and their Citrus Chrysler Hooters cars there. And uh, I've, I've worked for him a couple times in the Chevy garage, and he said I look like Spanky from the Little Rascals. And he did that to me when I was 14 years old, and it just kind of kind of stuck with me a little bit. And then, you know, D.W., he, he heard David call me one day, so he had to go and put it out there on national TV the other night. So now everybody calls me Spanky. So tell us about the victory lane, what that must have been like for you. Uh, you know, you've been wanting to, all you guys have been wanting to be there. What's it like? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's hard to explain, you know. You know, you go to victory lane, like somewhere, you know, like yourself, Sunshine or Bradenton and stuff, and, you know, that's, that's cool. But when you go, it's, it's just amazing, and it didn't really hit me until I was, after I got off the airplane and was driving home from Orlando Airport that night, um, you know, it's just it's like, wow, you know, we're just in victory lane. And like I told David, I said, look, man, your name's going next to Dale Earnhardt's, and it'll be there forever. And he's like, no. Nah. I said, I'm serious. <laughs> you just won the 50th anniversary of the Coca-Cola 600. I mean, nobody's going to take that away from you. It's, it's in stone. You know? It's written down. I mean, it's just, it's it's amazing. You know, it's, uh, first off, they, it was raining, so they moved us into the media center, and we just totally trashed the media center, right? I hate for the cleanup guy, but when they hand us all champagne and Coca-Cola, we just <laughs> and old cram, so we just went and trashed the place. But uh, it was it was great. I mean, it was uh, you know a couple people said they see me on TV and they could tell I was a little choked up, which I was. I mean, it's, you know, it's just to see David there and even you know even not being me, him just being my cousin and be able to see everything like I said that he's went through and it it, it was awesome. It was just something that's hard to explain. You know, you got all these. The hat dance where you're changing hats and the and the champagne and all the different pictures and the family photo of me and David and Uncle Buzz it was it was really it was really something awesome that I always you know, always remember. No doubt. I mean it it was awesome for us. You know, uh, all all the fans uh, that you guys have here. Uh, you know, there's a different set of fans that you guys obviously have here. And you know, for uh, me myself, I know. Um, Every time I watch, you know, I, I see David race, and, you know, it naturally brings back memories of, of, of racing, you know, together and, and doing these things and then thinking that, you know, there was always that one guy. Because, you know, your parents, at least my parents always told me, listen, there's going to be one guy, be one guy around here that will make it to NASCAR. Who will it be? And to me, I feel like, that he is that one guy. There's been other guys that have made it sort of there, but none that I've ever known 
like I knew him and know you, um, and to see you guys go through that the other day, it aggravated me that they waited so long to call it. Because by golly, if it had been Earnhardt or it had been, if it had been Jimmy Johnson, okay. Yeah, we've been out of there a long time ago. Yeah, uh, you know, and the, and the other times during the race, it wasn't halfway, so they couldn't. And I was thinking, I was thinking, if they call this thing and run this race tomorrow, what a dirty deed that they will have done. But um, yeah, you're exactly right there. First yeah, and, and what you're saying about the fans here in Florida, it, it's, it's really cool because, you know, we grew up racing, you know, against you and every, you know, dirt tracks, pavement tracks, Sunshine, Bradenton, East Bay, Ocala, you know, and, and it's really cool to go back to, like, East Bay to watch when we have a weekend off and everybody there, you know, even the people that were your rivals, you know, be, you know, be right there, like, hey, man, Dave is doing a great job. Yeah, we're proud of him. You know, he's representing East Bay and stuff. And, and you know, Dave, Dave is humble. Our whole family yeah. is humble. We don't, you know, we try to not get into it as much. But, um, you know, it's just pretty cool. Like, you know, we used to race door-to-door Ivan Lloyd out of Ocala every week. Ivan's one of our best friends. You know, he calls and congratulates us and stuff. And just to get the phone calls, you know, from the Nas bitches and, and from Ivan Lloyd and yourself and, People that we raced against down here, you know, is, is what that was really, you know, is have people call that you grew up racing against, congratulating them. Because, you know, and like you said, the, with the rain delay, you know, I was trying my darnest because, you know, NASCAR listens to all the spotters. So, you know, I'm up there telling them, you know, look, all the, you know, I'm on the radio saying, look, all the fans left. Let's just go ahead and go home. Let's call it. <laughs> I look over there and they're in the booth next to me and they're shaking their finger at me. All right. <laughs> Well, I was ready to go, too, but you're right. If it had been Dale Jr., yeah, we weren't the most popular person to, to win the race. But you know what? you got to, you know, you, you can't sit there all day long and do it, you know. It was great. That's all I could say. Uh, you know, I wanted to have you on the show to, uh, you know, get your your feelings about, you know, uh, the, the victory lane and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a big week for David. You know, it still probably is. I'm sure he's still probably in awe of it happening and then, uh, then next, uh, you know, uh, qualifying the other day, him going out there and, and sitting on the pole for the Dover race. And uh, what happened to you this weekend? Yeah, he he was on a mission. Um, he was going to prove that, you know, he just didn't, you know, back into that deal. You know, he went out there and then we were fastest in practice and sat on the pole. And then we were constantly the fastest car in the second practice. We led the first 35 laps, um, ran third there for the longest time, come in. And the caution come out after we pitted, so, you know, we lost our lap on pit road, um, made our lap back up. And then about halfway through the race, something, you know, we all the new new cars there run the bump stops on the right front. And uh, one of the bump stops just gave away, kind of like the, the spring, you know, losing its tension there. And um, after that, the car, you know, would roll over on the right front and unload the left rear in the center of the corner, and just the handling went away. So to come out of there with an 18th was weird scratching and fighting for all we could get right there just to keep up in the points. But, yeah, he was, he's still on a high. You know, he's hes pretty pumped up. I just talked to him an hour ago, and uh, he's hes pretty—he's still pretty amped up. He's getting ready to, you know, run the prelude to the dream Wednesday night up there at Tony's Dirt Track. So, yeah, he gets to go back to his roots and run a little dirt race there. So he's pretty happy. Dream come true, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll true. tell you, when, when I found out that uh, – that David had won because I wasn't watching the race. And when I found out, you know, Sean, the first thing that come to my mind was uh, when we did that uh, that thing several years ago where where we had uh, the Rudiman family night there at, when we were up at the Snook River Grill, 
the thing that I remember most about that was I really didn't know how much you guys had went through at that point to get where you were. And that night, you guys, you know, you joked and had a good time, but you, you told the story of, 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 of you, know, you went into detail, you guys did, David, yourself, and the other guys about, you know, what you had to do and the struggles on the road, like worse than a poor rock band, to, to get even to that point. And that was all I could think about is, man, what a journey you guys have been on together. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it was funny you say that because, um, you know, me, David, and uh, Lisa, who's now his wife there, we, at the time, was uh, just fiance. we come back from New York there after racing that dirt modified. And, you know, we didn't do worth a darn up there. You know, we were, didn't have the car everybody else did. We were kind of out of our league there. And um, went up there and coming coming home, you know, Uncle Buzzy took the credit card. And David didn't realize he didn't have the credit card. And he got to Darlington, South Carolina, didn't have no gas in the truck. <laughs> David said, I ain't got no more cash. What are we going to do? So I'm over there. Tears in my eyes, counting pennies out of the door panel there, trying to figure out we had enough money to get home, and all we had was a bag of apples. And, uh, you know, here we are counting pennies, and we somehow got $50 out of the bank somehow out of the checking account. That's all he had left. We made it to Zephyr Hills and coasted down the hill into the driveway. When we, when we stopped, I bailed out and laid in the grass, just kissed the grass, glad to be back in Zephyr Hills. <laughs> but uh, when Dave was doing his interview the other night, he asked if anybody had any apples, just kind of hinting at the whole deal coming back from New York, you know, with just a bag of apples, no money. It was kind of, he just kind of did that to me and Lisa to see if we'd laugh. But it was, yeah, it's come a long way, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's been great. It's been a long journey and it's a great one, you know, and it's, uh, going really good right now. Yeah. Very good, man. Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, I was just going to say that's, that's very cool, you know, uh, how that all worked out and that, uh, I'm glad that things are finally coming around, and I, I think that the momentum from, from winning uh, will carry over uh, for more than just, uh, you know, a couple races, you know, because once you, once you get that win, and these guys would be sorry if David does get on a winning streak because they don't really know the David Ruderman that we know and what he's really capable of once he, you know, has the yeah. equipment under him. Exactly. It's, you know, we used to, that's why I told them guys, that we get on a streak now, we've, We've got on streaks before. We won twenty in a row at East Bay, so it's uh, you know, we we get on a streak. David seems to carry it on for a while. Oh, when are we gonna get Buzz in one of them cars? I I don't know. You know, we were talking about that. The, you know, somebody brought that up the other day at Dover, and we think Uncle Buzz could do like the All Star Shootout where it wasn't a long race. Yeah, I keep telling Uncle Buzz he's getting old and he's retired, but he keeps telling me he said, "Look, I can go out in East Bay and win, and I'm not retired." So. <laughs> He's, yeah. he's got more wins. I bet you he's got more wins than than every. If you took every NASCAR driver there and how many wins they have, he's probably got more wins than all of them put together. Feature wins. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's unbelievable. You know it's uh, it's funny is if you took his wins and Dad's wins and put them together, there ain't a you could there ain't East Bay, Ocala, put all those tracks together. People won't even equal what they got together. You know, and that's putting every racer together there. You know. Between hey, the Jeff. two of them, I think they got close to 2,200 wins, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, Jack, I was going to ask Jack if he had any idea how many wins that uh, Buzzy had. And Somebody I was gonna... said 1,300 yeah. Was record. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was hearing in the 1,300s. Cece, are you yeah. hearing that? Feature one. It's amazing. Yeah, 1,300, and I think Dad's right there about 900 to 1,000. Because I know they, uh, 
dad's got like 150 sprint car wins just in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty amazing what those two have accomplished. And it's kind of funny is, you know, they could have made it NASCAR pretty easily, but back then, you know, NASCAR didn't pay anything, so they went dirt racing instead. <laughs> That's true. Amazing, That's isn't exactly it? Exactly the truth. Yeah. Well, Sean, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and uh, you'll be hearing from us again. Good luck the rest of the season. Uh, anything you want to say to the fans that are listening? Yeah, I, you know, I just want to thank you guys, uh, everybody down here, for supporting David and the whole family, and make sure everybody keeps uh, supporting the local short tracks. I know Cal has got the Cal Memorial this weekend is a pretty special deal there, and you know, East Bay places like that, and. And just make sure you keep supporting them because without the fans, you know, those places will go under, and that's the last thing we need is lose some short tracks, you know, to where you're all born and raised. So yeah, we're, we're know, just make sure everybody supports them. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that deal up at uh, Ocala this weekend. We had Kevin Durden on earlier to, in the evening, and uh, uh, he's uh, he, he's he's going to get the gravy this. He's he's going after it, man. That's cool. Kevin's a good guy. I tell you what. He's a good guy. He's a big son of a gun. You don't want to bump fenders. With him. He did that one time. We'll never do that again. You got to run from him. Got but that yeah, right. I'll get with you guys towards the end of the year. We're going to do our charity golf tournament and stuff yep. down here in Zephyr Hills, and we're going to have. There's going to be a 50 lap modified race, and I think we're going to put some stuff together. Get uh, Davis crew chief and a couple cup drivers come down that weekend and have a little charity race there at East Bay that night and stuff. So all right. Talk, Thanks so much, Sean. Talk to you soon, Sean. Take it easy, right, Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Right, I love it when a Florida boy does well. Well, Rob? Yeah. Wait, are you speechless or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that the uh, I think the, the uh, winter circle deal is uh, definitely something that would make somebody speechless to, to really understand what that's all about sure until you go to the races as somebody part of the team or as the driver and really see all those people and be so involved and work so hard at it um you know it's uh it's just one of those things like climbing a mountain you know when you get to the top you're elated all right listen we we're going to still talk to uh dustin dunn asa late models fresh back from uh, a race up in georgia at sonoya i believe We'll be right back.
inside Florida Racing, and what a show we have tonight, and I, it's still not done. I'll tell you, Cece, sometimes you just, it's, it's, it's tough to beat. Dustin Dunn is about to join us here. Mm-hmm. Dustin, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Man, how are you going to follow this act? Now, we've had Kevin Durden on, we've had Lake Speed on with, with uh, 20 years of NASCAR racing, I mean, huge go-kart uh, accomplishments. Sean Rudiman, David's uh, spotter. Man, you, you that's a tough act to follow, dude. Yeah, I hear that. I've been listening along tonight, and <laughs> that's definitely a tough act to follow, but I'm, I'll do what I do every time. There you go. So tell us about uh, Georgia. Oh, our last race uh, this past weekend, we, uh, we were in Sonoya, Georgia, and uh, we uh, there was uh, a real low lark, uh, car count. There was only twelve cars here this weekend in ASA race, but um, we uh, we ran real good in practice. We finally uh, we put some money together and bought a set of practice tires. And uh, first practice session, we uh, we ran third. We had a, a, a bit of a, a push in the center of the corner, and uh, we got that out of it. In second practice session, we we ended up on the top of the speed charts and. Uh, Lucky me, I, I picked the number one pill to go out and sweep off the track for everybody. <laughs> so uh, I qualified. I went out and qualified first, and uh, there was plenty of marbles on the track for me. So I ended up qualifying eighth. Uh, so we started in the back of the field, but uh, 20 laps, of, about 20 laps into the race, we were, you know, coming along pretty good, just just hanging out, not trying to wear our stuff out, and uh, we must have. Uh, Blew the, blew the left rear brake caliper seal, so I pretty much lost all brakes. We ran about 75 laps of the race with no brakes and kind of uh, just got over the radio, said, just bring me home. Uh, you know, I don't want to wreck this thing. Just bring me to the end of the race. Got no brakes, and he spotted real good for me, got me to the end of the race, and we ended up finish, finishing seventh, so we didn't lose uh, too many points there. Wow. Well, that sounds uh, like a rough day, uh Hey, you know, do you, you change your uh, rear brakes much? Your brake pads much? Uh, brake pads? No, actually, those uh, those will last last you a while. The way we got the car set up, uh, but it's it. it I hope it, it wasn't a brake pad problem. Well, it was. What I was going to tell you is that sometimes, uh, because we don't worry about our rear brake pads, we really don't worry about them too much. They start to get wore down a little bit, and they end up doing the same thing in the front. You know how you got to put new pads in the front all the time, or you have a problem with them uh, heating up? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes in the rear, because we wait, you know, I've gone a long time sometimes without putting rear ones in, and then uh, that's what happens is it ends up pushing it out. You get the crap in there, sucks it in there, and blows that seal out. So. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you get the pistons out too far, and they'll get some stuff in there. But, yeah, definitely that's something we got to look at. Yeah, so who won that race up there, by the way? Um, Justin Larson. We actually... Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, we uh, we were running against him in the points, and he uh, we had like a 55-point lead over him, and he, he made almost all of it up. Now he's 13 points behind me, and uh, it's going to be a good last two races of the year. But we ended up... Uh, I went and grabbed the sheet after the race, and uh, we were second-fastest lap time of the race uh, right behind Justin Larson. Well, that gives you a challenge. Yeah, definitely uh, with 13 points and two races left, he's definitely uh, someone to contend against. Now, one of those races is at uh, Charlotte County Motorsports Park. 
Where's yeah. the other one? Uh, yeah, the the last one is our season finale at Concord. Oh, at Concord. Yeah. You've been there, right? Yeah, I've been there. Um, we were actually there only once, but it was last year. And tough track. Yeah, it's it's definitely a tough track. I I love it. It's one of my favorite tracks, and uh, uh, I can't wait to go back to it. But we had a we had an incident last race where everybody checked up on the first lap, and there was a big pile up, and somebody took out my whole rear clip. So I'm I can't wait to get back there and actually see what I can do in a hundred lap race. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Man, they get you get some speed going down down around the back uh, the back stretch if you can call it a stretch. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. When we got there uh, last year, Friday night practice, I couldn't believe when they said that you got to run the whole tri tri oval with uh with the pedal to the metal. And uh, sure enough, you never let that thing off, and you drive it all the way off into three as fast as you can get it going. And then what do you do when you hit four? Oh, when you get four, you got to get it slowed down. <laughs> you pr- slowed you down better. You, you better. Up quick. Yeah, it's funny. The first time I was ever there, uh, you know, in the afternoon, uh, we were just walking around in the afternoon checking the place out, and I walked out on the – we were in the pits, and we walked out onto the front straight. I could not believe how narrow that front straight is there. I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable how – you, you can pretty much watch about 50 laps into the race. You can watch the cars, and you can see that they almost park it in the middle of three and four to get the car to rotate to get off the corner Yeah. so they don't get up into that wall. Yeah, yeah, it becomes very narrow with all that speed. And it's, what is it, it's kind of uphill or downhill? I can't remember which. But it's yeah, it's a, it's uphill climb out of, out of turn four. Yeah. But we actually, uh, last year when, when we got in that wreck to, to stay in the points chase like we did, we... We pulled in and ripped the whole back of the car off, you know, the, the body work. So uh, I went back out onto the track, you know. Fuel cell was still intact and everything, so we went back out to make up some points. And we went back out with no rear deck lid and spoilers. So think of running Concord, you know, and, and maybe a, a wing sprint without a wing. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, <laughs> it was, huh? It was difficult. People were coming to me saying you should be in a dirt late model after that race. <laughs> yeah, so listen, um, do you have a website going there? Um. The website myself? Yeah. No, I don't have a website up. Okay. So how do people get in touch with you? Because uh, I know, I just have this feeling that you're looking for some sponsorship for these last two races. How do people get in touch with Dustin Dunn if they want to get involved in your game? Um, we have uh, we have uh, articles up on the ASA website with my uh, my email on it. But uh, it's email or, uh, or phone number. My email is uh, cmr. South five nine at AOL dot com. So I mean that's usually where people get a hold of me. CMR South fifty nine at AOL dot com. And that ASA late models dot com, there is uh, articles up there and photographs. Yeah, almost every race uh, we we put a, a press release out with my information on it and just a, an idea of what we have coming up. I'll tell you what you you could do too is uh uh, send us those press releases. Send us copies of those. We'll run them as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely. Rob, do you have anything else? Uh, no. Okay. Justin, good luck, buddy. All righty. Um, yeah, definitely um, about the Charlotte County race. That's coming up uh, June 11th. So I'm sure you guys will uh, be over there for that show. There should be a good show. We, uh, we were talking about it, actually, at the ASA race this past weekend. That uh, We had a good... Good group of cars, a really good fast group of cars this past weekend. 
and we were talking about the other maybe six or eight cars that we were just talking about that run at Punta Gorda that are going to be there, you know. So there should be a 20-car a field at, at Punta Gorda. Yeah, sounds good, man. Yep. So, uh, yeah, definitely if, if anyone needs to get a hold of me, they can uh, they can get a hold of me through ASA or um, or I'll send you guys over my information and they get a hold of you. So uh, we, we'd love to put something together. Uh, there's only two races left in the ASA season this year. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna shoot for whatever whatever we can do, and uh, you know any anything could help. All right, man. Well, Alrighty. Well, yeah, I, I didn't tell you guys that uh, after this past race, we moved up to second place in the in the ASA South points, right behind Drew Brennan. Oh, that's Uh-oh. great. All right. Yep. So uh, so now it's it's me um, or Drew, me, and then Justin. So. We got a pretty good group of guys running, and um, Drew had some problems here at this past race, so we we made up some points on him. But we're going to keep digging away at the at that points lead he's got, and see if we we can't catch up to him by the at these past two races. Okay, man. Good luck, and uh, see you at Charlotte. Alrighty, see you there. Alrighty, thanks. Thanks so much. Well, I think that does it, guys. Uh, another great. Edition of Inside Florida Racing. Next week we will announce the Hildebrand Jewelers Driver of the Month for May. And yes. contrary to your false, Twitter. false twittering. <laughs> I'm checking up on your twittering. Grady Christian Twitter. was the April April Driver of yes. the Month. And uh, Okay. Yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal on Twitter? What's what's your name on there, Cece? Um, it's it's my name, C E C E B R O O K S C C Brooks. Oh, okay. Um, did, you, did you see the country I music? Just, I just stuff made last the night? thing there. I have one called Rob Says It. You have a Twitter that says Rob Says It. Yeah, that's very good, Rob. Oh, okay. We'll have to find that. Rob is on the ball. Uh, I, I have to ask you one question yeah. before yes. we go. Did you watch the Country Music Awards deal? The George Strait special or the actual award show? I don't know the one no. that uh, the okay. Never mind. I was just so you mean the one that one? Well, I don't watch <laughs> any awards show. In all honesty, you mean the one where are you talking? A lot of people right now are talking about Jamie Foxx singing a George Strait song. Yes, that was the George Strait tribute show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, I like the MTV Music Awards last night a little bit better. Did you guys get a look at that video of Sasha Cohen coming down on M- on uh, Eminem's face? No. Wait a minute. What what is your Twitter again? Hey, uh, Rob, Rob. This says it. Rob says it. This is a family show. Yeah, it was a family show, but this show is now over. We learned a lot today. Blake Speed, what a racer he was, and still is at sixty-one, racing go kart in shape. Guess what we got coming up right after? As soon as we get out of here and push this button. An interview we did with David Ruderman after his first truck win. Excellent. In, in August of 05. How about that? Okay. Good night, everyone. Talk to you next Monday or see you at a racetrack same this place, weekend. Same place. See you, Rob. Jump until I fall